Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Start over. 
And that's not true. There was a lot of stuff that was peppered in, and, and we forget about grace. But, you know, there's a lot of people talk about the blood, son of the blood and his grace, and all that is true. But that's, um, that's still kindergarten. You understand what I'm saying? It's still kindergarten because we're supposed to go beyond that. We're, that, that those are the elementary things, you know, those things that they talk about where um, it's, you know, some people turn around and say, uh, where we got to get away from the, uh, the elements, the, the, the first things in, in Hebrews where it says that we got to go from from that and start climbing higher. And at one time, Paul even says, by now you ought to be teachers. And so in being teachers, what do we got to do? Uh, and, and so you got to get beyond the place where you think that you're a failure and go on into a place where you know that you're a success. You follow what I'm saying? There's a lot of people who don't know who they are in Christ or they believe they know. You know that there's a lot of times that we agree with God, right? There's a lot of people that agree with God, but they don't agree. They only agree in theory. Does that make sense? That we agree in theory, but we don't agree in faith uh, because we agree with God. And a lot of people, so we hear a scripture that says, verse 4, 13 of, of, of Romans chapter 4 says, for the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness produced by faith. How is, how is righteousness produced in us? By faith. See, so everything that we do in the scriptures is by faith. God said it, we believe it, and that's it. You know that we don't come to a place where we just hear the word and say, oh, cool, that, that's cool, I think I'll do that. You know, I'll tell you something. The Bible says that there's no more sure word of prophecy than in his word. The word is what confirms everything we hear. Now watch what it says. And, and it says, for those who were given the law are heirs. Then faith is useless and the promise is worthless. So in other words, if you keep a bunch of rules and regs, then faith is useless. You don't need faith to keep rules and regs. You understand what I'm saying? You live, look, look. when you're part of a house, you know what I, what, you know, when I tell people, they come into my house and say, hey, there's a fridge, there's a water, there's all these things, go ahead and get it. After a little while, when I tell you that, there's a few times that you'll get used, you'll try to get used to that. Here's what happens. Some of you have tried that. Uh, can I have some of this? What I tell you, go to the fridge, there's a the water, get it. You're not a guest, your family. And so... Yeah, you know, laughing yeah. cow cheese or the baby doll disappear. But that's not a problem. Or a whole a whole row of Ritz crackers disappear. But but what happens is but what happens is you don't get chastised for that because you're family, you're heirs. And so in the same way, there's faith in the words that were released that this house is your house. And so when we keep the law, then we're we're not this where the law produces wrath. Now, let's talk about something here. You know, that, you know why this, the word of God becomes shame-based? is because we keep making a law unto ourselves, rather, because see, rules without relationship equals rebellion. So we read something in the word, and because there's no relationship attached to it, what do we do? We feel shamed. 
we feel less than. Am I, am I telling you the truth here? You feel less than. You're thinking, you know what, I don't even measure up to the word. Bingo, you're not, that's what the law is supposed to do. It's supposed to show you that you don't measure up. Therefore, in Christ, he becomes the plumb line and you measure up. Are you with me? So, see, therefore, the promise is based on faith so that, there, so that it may be a matter of grace and may be a guarantee for all of Abraham's descendants, not only those who were given the law, but for those that share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations. Abraham acted in faith when he stood in the presence of God and gave life to the dead and called to existence things that don't exist. Who calls things to existence that don't exist? Yeah. Through what? Through his promise. Are, are, you, are you catching that? He calls things that be not as though they were. Let me ask you, where is the logic in that? Where's the logic in that? He calls into existence things that you don't see. Why? He's got the power to call those things into existence. He's God. Where is the logic in that? There is none. You believe. Because what is, the, what is faith's logic in here? Faith logic is God says it, then it's done. You understand what I'm saying? All things are possible to them to believe, even though there's no science. You know that you can't hypothesize God's word? You know why you can't? Because you come up with a theory and not a fact. How many know that the physiology of all things sometimes changes? Yep. It's not evolution. Now, let's go to Genesis. Chapter 3. I want to share with you something. We'll start at verse 6, chapter 3. Now I'll show you, this is where Adam and Eve messed up. Chapter 3? Chapter 3, verse 6, yeah, Genesis. Now, we're going to kind of move through the scriptures pretty quick. I recommend that you look at the Bible and then, you know, either highlight it, highlight it in, your, in your thing so you can follow afterwards. But here's the thing. Because when women saw that the tree produced good fruit, she was a, that it was attractive in appearance and was desirable for making one wise, she took the fruit and ate it. Now, you know what I wonder? People will come up with gimmicks in the church to make it look attractive in appearance and make it desirable for one. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But she took it and ate it. In other words, the advertisement worked. No, why? Then she also then she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate some too. As a result, they both understood what they had done. They became aware that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. When they heard the voice of the Lord as he was walking in the garden during the breeze of the day, the man and wife concealed themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. So the Lord called on to, where are you? And Adam answered, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid you, hid myself from you. And he said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat the fruit that I commanded you not to eat? And the man answered, the woman you provided for me gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate some of it. Now, we shut the blame game here. But watch this. What was in question here? Everyone say their destiny. And who told you you were naked? Everyone said they became self-aware. As soon as they became self-aware, they hid from God. You know what happens when you become self-aware? I want everybody to catch this. You become shame-based, and what do you do when you become self-aware? You blame. It's not my fault. It's not me. 
not me, the woman. The woman said, it's not me, it's the snake. The snake said, it's not me, and he looked over and there was nobody to blame. Now, self-awareness, the Bible says, watch what the Bible says, in me there is no good thing. That's what he says. We become self-aware. How many know that when you see God's word, it's so holy and so perfect, and, and, and Paul said, it's good. I saw that it was good, but it killed me. Isn't that something? He said, that word is so good, it killed me. Shame-based. He said, what, at the end of chapter 7 of Romans, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who should deliver me from this body of death? What's the first part of Romans 8? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are where? How many are in Christ Jesus? There should be no condemnation. None. Yeah, but I mess up. When I see the holiness of his word, I mess up. Everybody says we all fall. But see, here's what happens. We fall and we become so aware of our imperfections that we say, God can't use me. How many have ever been there? How many ever fight the battle of the mind and fight the battle of the devil when, when you feel like you just haven't measured up? How many, because see, the whole world, look at me, the world operates on how you measure up. How many go to, how many go to work? Well, wait, you go to school, how do you know you're not measuring up? What are those four little letters that you all wait to see in the, on, at the end of the year? Great. It shows you measure up. You know, that they, now there's some kids that, that if they get a B or an A minus, life is over for them. Yeah. And that's nuts. Because you measure, how do you measure up? It's what God says. You go, to, you go to work. What's there to tell you that you're doing right? The boss, the taskmaster. You know the Bible calls the law the taskmaster. You're not measuring up. You're not measuring up. See, in the law, you don't measure up. In the world, they have weights and, and, and measures to manage how you work and how to produce. Amen? Amen? If you don't produce, how many know you're not at work? You get promoted to customer. You get promoted to... House lounge, you know, you know you, you, all of these different things happen, right? So then we come to God, and God says, you already measure up. My son provided everything you need. And you know what we have a hard time with? Measuring up. How many know that that's true? Yeah. The reason, I'm going to teach you to get to the spirit of why God can use you. I always say, Noah woke up from a drunk prophesying. Being just a, was drunk, got up. Hangover and all. I don't know if he had hangover, but you know what? He, he got a prophet sign. He didn't turn around and say, oh, God, I got drunk when I was running out of you ever use me again. <laughs> now, you all might be saying, wait a minute. Are you saying that I can do all of these things? God still used me. The truth is, yes, but you know what? The, the, the fact is that we got to get busy doing God's work and not have time to be doing the rest of it because it says without addition, my people are without restraint. That's what's important for people to have vision. You know why an Olympic athlete has no time to get out there and do a party life? The training. Football players and say, we're training. Did you know that God's people got so excited about living for God that they had no time to get involved with everything that they get involved with? Why? Because they were fellowshipping with the beliefs. We were excited about increasing the kingdom because the people then believed you know what? There were 500 people saw Jesus rise up. Then there were a few thousand people that showed up when they were speaking in tongues. These men are not drunk as you suppose. 
What were they doing? Speaking in tongues. Then Peter, why do you think Peter preached the message? Everyone thinks that, see, in America, we're so used to someone giving the message, everybody's going to If Peter gave the message, because I believe a whole lot more stuff happened than just someone understanding them in our language. And then when they all left, 3,000 came to Jesus. Why? It wasn't that he had an altar call. 3,000 said, I'm going to follow. And guess what all the people did? They instantly became pastors and teachers and, you know, home Bible study people because they all started gathering every day in their home. Today, they got people, not my house, because you're more concerned about a house that's unkept than bringing people to promote the gospel. Isn't that true in America? We're like that, aren't we? And the people didn't have time to get into their silliness. But see, Abraham had something that we didn't have. What? Adam and Eve sinned. They blew it. They said, who told you? Well, let me ask you a question. Who says, who told you that you were unqualified? Who told you that you can't do this today? Who told you that you can't preach Jesus no matter what? See, that's what God is asking today. Who told you you were naked? You become self-aware. See, now, I'm not going to go all into the this passage like you might want, but I'm going to go to uh, Genesis, um, let's see. Go to Genesis 12. So Genesis 16, excuse me, we'll go there. Oh, Lord. Excuse me, Genesis 17, I promise. Verse 1. Now, some of us live... So he said, wow, I've never read this before. Well, praise the Lord, I helped you. Now watch this. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and announced, I am God Almighty. Live in constant awareness that I'm always with you and be blameless. <laughs> Sounds like a tall order, huh? I like this. This is faith. Everyone say faith. Be in constant awareness that I am with you. Let's say it again. I want everybody to catch this. He told Abraham, be in constant awareness that I'm with you. Isn't that good? That's faith. And be blameless. What does mean blameless mean? You're in faith, in constant awareness. The Bible's not written there. They get your phone, open it up, and get into the scriptures. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I'll greatly increase your numbers. Isn't that amazing? He's telling I'm going to, and Abraham fell to the ground. And you know what I'm going to do? Let me get out of here. Let's get into you. Something you're all more familiar with when you when, when you hear it spoken. I'll make my covenant between me and thee and multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on Abraham fell on his face, talked, and God talked to him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name any more be called Abram, but you shall be Abraham. Now the word Abram meant father. It meant 
high father, like exalted one. But watch this. And he says, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. I'll make nations of thee, and kings shall come out from thee. And Abraham became, watch this, watch this, exalted father like one, like God is. Now watch this, watch this. This is important. Did God have many Abrahams? And what? Because when he became the father of what? Many nations. He became the example of the father that God is. What does that mean? Through him, the nations of the world will be blessed. Exalted father. Why did God, why? God wanted to show himself as a father to his nation, his people. Amen? I'm thinking, these guys aren't even using correct English. They say they've eaten. Uh, they've eaten. And in my mind, I want to start fixing things because I was majoring in some of the language, and then I hear myself, I'm thinking, ah, I'm far from it too. I'm in good company. Now, he established a covenant between me and thee. Now, watch what he did, Sarah. He changed, with their names, he changed their destiny. It says that Sarah meant that she was the dominating one. She was a soldier. She was one who was in charge of things. That's what Sarah meant. God took away that little piece and then took it down in the Hebrew and called her Sarah, which meant princess. No longer desiring to be in charge. And did you know that the Bible later on goes to say that she even called her husband, Lord, on the inside. It wasn't she said, Lord, inside, she knew that he was as Lord. Isn't that amazing? But he changed her name and she's a princess, the mother of all 
She's the queen of all that come after Abraham when he changed her name. Why did he change her name? Everyone's saying their destiny changed. They went from being astrologers to becoming the father and mother of all the nations. God wants to change your destiny, except you cannot be shame-based. You've got to be faith-based. Shame-based means I'm not worthy. I don't have what it takes. You know, God choose someone else. That's shame-based. You don't see Abraham and his wife saying, you know what, start over. Kill us and find someone else. You know that Moses operated, even though he was a figure, a Christ-like person, he at one point told God, start over with someone else, man. And then he turned around later and he flipped and said, kill all the people. I'll stand with you. Now watch. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go. Let me, let me talk to you about something real quick before I go here. Everyone say, God has changed, God has changed. Me. me, gave me a name above every name. That at that name, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's written right in the scriptures. God gave you a destiny and gave you a name. What is the name? He gave you the name of Jesus. That at the sound of that name, as soon as your voice speaks the word to someone, at that name, they begin to give their life to Jesus. We've been given a commission. How many know that when we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus? Amen? We just got through teaching all that. That Jesus said to follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, follow me, and I'll make you a millionaire. He could, he, now, the word does teach that he wants us wealthy and healthy. But when Jesus came, he came to do what? To establish his kingdom, to continue the work that was supposed to be done at the beginning, which was to take the glory of God and the knowledge of the glory of God and take it all over the world because he told that and he knew what was here, take what's here and he didn't take it all over the world. Then he told us, Jesus told us to go preach the gospel to every creature. Now everybody says, well, if I feel led, no, 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 he gave you a word. Here's what it means to feel led. Let's say I go over there and start to preach to Jesus, Jesus the rest, and the Holy Ghost says, not yet. Then I'm ready. I'm being led. But otherwise, I'm being obedient at first. Sometimes I'll let this and say, you know what, God, God's presence is here. You know, God bless you. And that's it. But since I have not cheers because I did my part. <laughs> See, so I might say, in the name of Jesus, the presence of God just fills you right now. There it is. Praise God. It's coming through your body right now. You feel that? And then that's all it is. Praise the Lord. And it, and it just flows. And so what happens, people will say, what's that? That was brought to you by God. Enjoy his presence. It's going to stay with you all day. And then I said, well, maybe you're wondering. That was a wonder. Right? Wow. That was a wonder. Some of you want to know what difference is between signs of wonder. That's a wonder. And so what happens is, what do we do? We begin to spread his word. We begin to tell people about him. We don't want to get into arguments with people. We just want to, we want to introduce God and his love to people. Now watch this. The Bible says, I'm going to talk to you about this. I'm going to talk to you about this. God wants us to be told. I was listening to someone preach. I was talking to Robert. I hadn't heard him in ages. But he was a teacher to all the generals that we know. This guy's power. But you know what he said? God has told us to be soldiers. Now, when we follow Jesus, we follow him as a soldier. Now, 
people had that revelation in the old days. That's why we had, you know, that, that song about um, Christian soldier marching into war because we, we are born again into conflict. No, you don't know how Christian Onward, Christian soldier marching into war. Okay, well, did you know that when you sign up for the service, did you know that you don't sign a paper that, hey, I'll do anything except die? You don't say, you don't sit there and say, well, I will not, I will not do this. Did you know that I will not enter the conflict as a soldier? It's known that you're going to what? What's that three-letter word? War. Any soldier. You sign up for conflict. Then what does God tell us in Ephesians? You, you're tended armor. What do you use? I'm not going to use this. That's all I believe is that. What's this for? Man, the devil's messing with me. Yes, you don't have your armor on. What's the helmet of salvation? Breastplate of righteousness. You're going to have to endure. The Bible says, endure in the book of Timothy, endure hardship as a soldier for Jesus Christ. But a soldier has to be fully committed to fully engaged. Amen? Mm-hmm. You have to. Yes. You know, I was listening to teaching, and she was talking about the scripture that says, I'm pressed but not crushed. You know, that, that scripture. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that, she, you know, I never, I would never confess it. I would never say these things because I'm not pressed. I'm not perplexed. You know, we have all the steps. And by not receiving what the Word of God said, I was, when these things would come at me, when I was pressed, when I was perplexed, I felt ashamed and I felt like, gosh, it shouldn't be happening to me because I have Christ in me. Yeah. But she wasn't getting a hold of the word of God. She was ripping out the parts that she didn't want to believe. Yeah. And, you know, like, growing up in a word-based home, we're overcomers. The Bible says this, the Bible says that. And, but oh, when this happens, you're not crushed. When this happens, you know, you're not defeated. And she said that she was crushed and she was defeated because <coughs> she didn't receive it. Right. And when we don't receive that, we're susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. We definitely and, are. And that's where we're not ignorant to his devices. It's, the, the word is written. It doesn't say we're not going to have things thrown at us. It doesn't say we're not going to have hard times. It says that we're not affected the way that we think we ought to be. Exactly right. And, and without that, by faith, you're not destroyed. By faith, you're not perplexed. But the things come. It's called, you know, Joyce Meyer cornered the market with the books and things of the battlefield of the mind. In America, there's the battlefield of the mind. You go to the Middle East, there's the battlefield of the mind, but you don't have time to trip in your mind because people are trying to kill you. That's an actual battlefield in some places. They kill you for turning, from becoming a Christian. Here, we hide Jesus because we're embarrassed. Over there, they're going to get killed. Imagine that. It's a battlefield of the mind that has to work. We become so self-aware that we enter into pride without knowing we're into pride. That's what we were talking about. See? We were talking door to door yesterday, remember, Robert? When we said that, the going door to door thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I said, I wouldn't want to open the door to me. Like, I welcome it to Juliana. Like, I love opening the door to somebody like Juliana. But to me, that's one of those things. Like, why? Am I too self-aware? I think so. We become aware. We become See, that's where pride comes in. We become self-aware. We become aware of our failures. We become aware of our lack. We become aware of all these different things, but we don't take on the word which says that we are prosperous. Let the poor say I'm rich. 
So we think we're rich, but we don't. We agree. I'm not going like to. I'm rich, but I still need butter. I still need milk. I still no, no. I am rich in Jesus' name. I am the blessed of the Lord. Money comes. Angels, go get our money from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Bring the money that's ours in Jesus' name. Do we really believe that when we say it? Or are we just saying it going like, I feel stupid? You know what? Someone jerked the fuck out of me and we used to go out in front of a business corner of this real busy street. A lady named was Callum Paulus. And she, she had to call the money into her business. And you know what she was saying? I'm telling you, there was, everything was selling out except for the trash car. And she needed, and, and in those days, it was the late 80s, early 90s, she needed, she, no, it was the 80s. She needed 10 grand to make payroll. <laughs> Come on, David, she grabbed me by the hand. He said, all right, because she goes, the youth pastor, we're both strong believers, and we go, she goes, all right, and we're standing in the corner, all these cars passing by, she goes, all right, let's work the door. And we're going like this, right, mom, okay. The name of Jesus, and we're yelling, money, you come.
Then with smooth words, he will defile those who have rejected the covenant. But the people who are loyal to their God will act valiantly. Like valiantly. Okay. Who's got a different version? So we got people who will resist them. We got people who will act valiantly. What? I don't know. Well, go ahead. Uh huh. Eleven thirty-two. Disregard the Mosaic covenant of people who were spiritually mature and know their and know their God. Okay. Take action to resist. Resist. And what else? Who's got another one? The monkey. By deceit, the king will win the support of those who have already abandoned their religion. But those who follow God will fight back. Fight back. That's a good one. There's, does, who has one that says we'll do exploits? What does it say? Start in the middle where it says that those are other gods. Strong, you resist, you'll act valiantly, you you will do, uh, um, uh, like David, what did, what did yours say, David? You'll do good works. Now, imagine that. Those that know their God. What do we have today? Listen carefully. There's a lot of people go to churches where they're told, They'll, they'll be told good words. Don't tell them, don't you watch. There's churches that don't, will not preach against the blood. They won't preach the blood anymore. They won't preach the cross anymore because it offends people. They won't, they won't, give, they won't speak in tongues because it offends people. But the Bible says that those, those are flattery. Everyone say flattery. flattery. That's what the Bible says. The king, those who weren't walking in covenant, what were they receiving? Flattery. You're okay. God understands. We're living in this culture after all. You don't have to stand for any good people. Those that know their God will stand firm and resist the culture. They will be valiant. They will stand and fight and do good like David was putting on his word. Now, what, the reason I'm bringing this as an introduction to the gifts of the Spirit and to the prophetic word of God is because watch what it says here. The Bible says that we are going to follow Jesus as a soldier. Can I, I'm going to give you a shadow. I was taught to talk, I was, I was told to te- give a teaching on the, at, at school about how do we relate to the, an apostle, which is a tricky thing. I've been getting so much revelation on it. The apostle, now this is why I know that we have, we have a, a, an apostolic ministry, because God has called us to do a series of firsts. Amen? Yeah. He has called us to set up strategies. This is what we have to get strong in. Listen, we have to be the strong people pack balance because you can't be shame-based. I can't do it. We have to be David's mighty men. You know David's mighty men were the disenfranchised, were the ones that broke. What is that, that, that saying that we are, that they we are broke, something in disgusted? I don't know. Well, maybe they are But what happens is that we're just, a lot of people are broke and, and they're disgusted, disenfranchised, they're, 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 they're living in broken families, they came out of all kinds of stuff, right? Those are David's mighty mighty men. But David's mighty men, they have something that they they attach their vision to the king. And anything he would just think, I just need water. Two people broke enemy lives. Why not to get the water to Jerusalem to bring to David? You know what? We need those kind of people in our church. So people who soldier up and say, you know what? There's nothing impossible. 
than anything impossible. Did you know that the Bible always worked with the least amount of people to do great things? Gideon had a huge army. You know that Gideon was hiding in a wine press because the enemy had more camels, let alone goats, let alone cows, let alone oxen. They had more camels than they had people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The enemy was powerful, and he was hiding so they wouldn't see him because otherwise he would come and take his food. So he was threshing wheat in a wine press. You know what a wine press is? And we're like, 
What did we do? We have to get beyond that. That's what the Bible says. You're still babies. In 1 Corinthians chapter, he says, you are acting like mere men. When I saw that, it hit me so hard, I wanted to weep because I'm thinking, you know what? The church, we're acting like mere men. We're not supercharged beings. Why? Because we're still getting picked off at each other. We're still causing strife with each other. There's still factions. There's still insults. There's still people say, well, I'm with Robert, and someone is with Moose, and someone is with Rissa. We don't say that we're one. Yes. First Corinthians one three. If you're wondering what that's at, we one. Okay. What are you gonna read? In Revelation, in Revelation um, two, mm-hmm. it says, "Anyone with ears must, must anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will." Give to each one a white stone, and on that stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. You know, I didn't hit that scripture. I was going to hit that. We have been giving a new name that defines our destiny. Yeah. And then, why was manna provided? To exist. Yeah. Right. That's what it is. And to Revelation. The word. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's what. And this is at least something that's already here. It's the stuff that's stored away in heaven. That's brand new stuff for you. Brand new stuff for individuals. Yeah. Because it's poured into you the revelation of who you are. And that's anyone who has ears to listen, not hear, listen. Listen. Oh, it is. Because a lot of people hear, but they don't listen. Yeah. That's 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 what that says. It's, and God has given us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Rome, and that's Hebrews 3 and 4. The Bible says that sometimes we don't hear correctly and we don't mix the word properly with faith. So things mess up. So if we don't mix it with faith, right, what do we do? We back up and get the word and mix it with faith. Sometimes we got a lot of bravado, which is we say is faith, not enough words. We have to have the word written in our hearts. Why? Because that's where God draws from. It's the word. The word is what's life. It's not the doing. That's why we get weary. The Bible says don't grow weary in well doing. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and what? Our testimony. So the word of our testimony. How does that mean? That means that we're committed. We're soldiers. That scripture is a soldiering scripture right there. That we're committed to the what? To the shedding of blood. Some of us don't commit to that degree yet. And this is so I actually buy gold for me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from you so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and placement for your eyes so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. That word correct and discipline? You know what that is? The coach who's training you. What does he do? You kick out the beam. Nope. He makes you better. He loves you. He loves you. So what it is? Run more laps. What does that mean? Spend more time in prayer. Get no word more. What it says is, okay, look, you did this. Buy for me. Invest in me. This stuff will never lose value. Never will. Hold yourself in this, and your shame will be removed. You know what? We are shame-based when you stop being shameful. Yeah, but you don't know what I do. God covers it with the blood. Get busy doing what God has called me to do. You want, you want to, God, let me stop all this. I feel like I'm always trapped. Get busy with God. You want to say get busy with God? <laughs> That's what we do. Now watch this. Grace is talking about that. You know the Bible says that the five foolish virgins did not buy oil. What do we got to do? Buy oil. What do you do? Believe God. Get filled with the Spirit. What do we buy the gold? Get busy. It's utilitarian gold. You know that our shield could be made of gold. For God. He has to be the That's what he wants to um, time work with. 
That's when he lines the sign up with his soul on the street. Isn't that something? If he's got streets, that means that something rolls on it. True, it's not. Being pulled by unicorns. No, but who was it? I heard this preacher talking, and this girl was talking, and she was saying something. So, shut up, Rainbow Bright. <laughs> oh, that was on the voice. No, no, this was a preacher. There was, oh, there was, a, there was a panel with John, John Gray was sitting with this one guy that I didn't know who he was, a youth pastor. This other girl was a youth pastor. So, anyway, because she was talking about rainbows and all this stuff, and all the rainbow prize. <laughs> but, check this out. We're overcomers. We're winners. We got a soldier out. We started out with the promise of Abraham. He did not. Eve and Adam, their destiny was wrong. Abraham and Sarah continued in the destiny, and here we are. We have to continue on because Abraham is our father. We have to believe that that's it. So next week, we're going to start Romans 12, because it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies in the living sacrifice. You know what that means? Don't kill yourself. You present yourself. Everyone said, don't kill yourself. <laughs> present yourself. Present. Who do we present ourselves to? God. The Bible says that he is the one that qualifies us. We have to be available. You know what? We're going to teach against the spirit. And Lisa, God wants you to interpret this time. And then you're going to stand up and interpret you're probably freaking out right now, but you'll know. God will give you one. You know what? God does. I'm going to tell you all right now. When it comes to interpreting, God will give you a sentence to use the word. Once you, once you get this word, and it could be and. You go to the sentence, and. And then next thing up, the spirit of the Lord says, and you'll know. Well, Norma, I remember Norma said that when she first started speaking out and, and having to translate different things, she said she was like, I don't know what just happened. And she said that she just heard. Not even a word, just like a, uh, and she was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is all you're giving me? She was me? coming out. And she said that she, she, okay, speak it. And she just knew, okay, now you have the translation. And she's like, all right, just speak it. And she said she would just have to lose all sense of dignity mm-hmm. and just go for it. You do. I'm not, like I can tell you right there. But, yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> she said dignity. And after she was talking to me about that, she said that. She also asked the Lord if she, like, was it wrong that she was feeling that she needed to start being a little bit more careless? And she said, that's just how she said it. And the Lord said, yeah, you're trying for yourself. I'm just trying about what I got. Yep. And I was like. No, she was very accurate. She was very accurate. And then one day she said, I want you to pray with me. I want to start prophesying to see what it's not. Let's do it. That's scriptural. Look at what the Bible says. Okay, you got scripture on it. Let's agree in Jesus' name. Then she would stand up. And, and then sometimes God would have her dance. And then she'd interpret the dance. Those, I, I mean, I did not want to be an usher during that. She, she would just go for it. Oh, and, and try to catch her? Try catching water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I was so appreciative because whenever I would see her step out in obedience, my expectations would shift to the group because I trusted, but because she stepped out and did that. Yeah. I think that people who are. When the Lord asks you to do stuff, the expectation, the more you know that something is drawing to you, I think that the more it pours out because the expectation starts it. It does. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.